Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Church, thank you guys so much for being with us this morning. Whether you're online or right here in person, please invite you to stand to your feet, put your hands together, and help us worship this morning. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Yes I do Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven My prayer testimony from death to life His grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed in water, sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God will finish what He started, oh my God will finish what He started, oh, this is my testimony from day sing this next part. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Oh, greater things are still to come. Testimony. Now I'm alive. This is my testimony. 
today. And can I encourage you today? We are going to continue in worshiping our great God, the God of impossible things, the God who came up alive out of the grave this morning. And he has done that. He can do that in your life today too. I don't know what you're facing, the impossibilities, but he can make that for you today. So lean in and let's worship our great God today.
of his life he was at the lows of the lows everything was taken from him his life seemed destroyed and he was despondent and he was depressed and so maybe that's you here today maybe you're battling something maybe you're at that point you're at a valley in your life you're fighting an addiction maybe you're losing a job or a relationship but it doesn't matter what it is because you could be like David 
David was called a man's after a man after God's own heart because he knew that his savior and shield was in the Lord. Read this verse with me. This is something David wrote in Psalms. And you find it in uh, Psalms 28, six through seven. He said, praise be to the Lord for he has heard my cry for mercy. And man, if you've ever been broken, maybe you've been there and you've had that cry of mercy in your heart and you know what he's talking about here. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. Your heart, that's your emotions, that's your passions, that's your whole life. And David is saying his whole heart trusts in him. And he helps me. For my heart leaps for joy with a what? With a song, I praise him. Man, if God has put a song in your heart to praise him this morning, can we give it up and give a shout of praise to God this morning? Man, God is good and he is good all the time. We're so blessed just to be here. I'm so grateful for you guys being here on a nice uh, soggy morning. I'm soaked all the way up to my knee. But man, we are so grateful for you guys being here. We're also grateful for another audience. People are following online. Man, we are so excited to have you guys following along with us. Real life, everybody that's here in the house, can we give it up and give a huge, huge round of applause for those following online? That's right. We're excited for everybody. Hey, you guys can go ahead and catch a seat. Hey, I want you to know that if you're new with us this morning, you are our honored guest, and we are so excited for you to be here, and we want to help you in any way that we possibly can, because everything that we do from the setup inside, outside, even to what we've thought about and prayed about to bring in a message in worship today has you, has you in mind. We know that God has something great for you. So I want to get you guys connected here, and the way that we do it in real life is something we call a digital communication card. And you can fill that out. I want to invite you to fill that out by texting RL New to 97000. We won't have anybody show up at your house. We'll just have a connection team member reach out to you over the phone. And their whole job is this, is to make you feel at home here at Real Life. They'll answer any questions you've got, and they'll just be there in any way they possibly can. If you happen to be with us in person, I've also got something else great for you. If you didn't have a chance to stop at the New Here booth on the way in, please stop right after the gathering, and we've got a small gift for you to quick trip there. Again, we are so excited for you to be here. One of the things that we encourage new people to do is make an investment in, uh, to what God has for you. Just give God three the next three weeks. Commit the next three weeks to come hang out here at Real Life and hear what God has for you. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. I mean, God will alive and he'll you know he'll awaken something in your heart so please do that you know because it really feeds into what our mission is we want the best for people and our whole mission is to see people far from god discover the real life and purpose in jesus because we know that we get busy in life we're always looking for the next best job or relationship and those things are fine and they're good and god gives those to us but you will never find your ultimate meaning and purpose in those you'll only find them in god you only find them in jesus and so we are so excited to show you what God has for you. And so can't wait to hang out with you guys the next three weeks if you're new. So we were going to kick off a new series this week called Awaken. We're going to postpone that one more week. Pastor Sean's just a little bit under the weather. But don't worry, we're bringing in our big hitter. My beautiful bald brother, Brian Mason, is going to bring a good word. So as he comes up this morning, can you guys give a huge round of applause to Brian Mason? Beautiful is a word. I'll take it. Thank you, sir. Look at you. He's so strong. Look at him. Big brother. He's, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Christy likes you. So that's good. I have some exciting news to share with you. I have done it. Ladies and gentlemen, I have captured the white whale. I know. I know. I've been in ministry for 12 years, and I've been preaching for 12 years, and this elusive white whale has evaded me. 
12 years. Today, this morning in the early service, I got him. My white whale is preaching a sermon in the time allotted. <laughs> and I got him. Gotcha. I looked down. I saw two minutes left. And I smiled. And I looked up. And I said, well, what do you all want to do now? <laughs> this is a strange feeling. And I just now told you this story so I could fill that two minutes. Because now that I've got him, I don't care about it. I'm not chasing it anymore. So we don't care how long this thing goes. You can turn that timer off, buddy. we got all day. It's raining. Nobody wants to leave anyway. Yes! Um, I am absolutely um, beyond, uh, I don't even know what the word is. I'm just going to say um, excited. Um, there's a sense of freedom that I have in my life that I feel as though I've been chasing for years. And especially this last year. As we just, at some point, almost a year ago, my wife and I just totally surrendered to the Lord. And just said, you know what? When it comes to things that are bothering me in my life, that I'm frustrated with, decisions that I've made that have put me into the place that I'm in now, I'm just going to totally give it to you, Lord. I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But I know that you're going to work in it. And it has been an incredible year. And this last week, I feel like he... Uh, I was awakened to his truth of my story, and it was incredible. I'm reading this book with my wife. For years, gentlemen, you know you were like me. For years, my wife has been saying, let's do a Bible study together. And I'm like, cute idea. I don't like reading, whatever. And I said no for years. Finally, I said yes. And this book that she picked is on Audible. I drive a lot in my vehicle for work. No problem. I listened to it in two days. And it changes, it's changed my life. Had only I listened to my wife. There you are. Listen, fellas, I, you know it's true. But I did. And there is a joy that I have now that I didn't have. She said to me the other day, we've been kind of going through it, she goes, what book do you want to do next? And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle another one. <laughs> you know, incredible. But I was looking at my life in ministry, and this may seem small to you, but to me it was a huge deal. But I promise you if you take your situation, and maybe your huge situation, I don't know what you're dealing with, what you have had to deal with, I don't know your upgrading, uh, upbringing, and I certainly don't know your future. But if you apply what we're going to go through today to your life, I promise you that you will have a similar outcome in your life and a freedom that is only available through Jesus. Amen? amen. If you're online, type amen so I know you're following with me. I was sitting there, and one thing that bothered me, I was in ministry as a pastor, and I only had a few hours each week to prepare a sermon. And I was listening to these big-name pastors talk about their weeks and what they do. And it's crazy. I'm not knocking them. But they said every Sunday for their sermon, they prepare for 20 hours to give that sermon. They said the Bible is that important that you have to spend time breaking it down, understanding it so that you can correctly and present the truth of his word to your people. And I thought, that's awesome. I got 20 hours for that. I worked full-time job. I was a full-time graduate student. 
I've got a wife and three kids, and I'm a part-time pastor. Brother, I don't have 20 hours for nothing. But what I did have was Saturday night between 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. That's what I had to write my sermons. Three hours. I would leave my house. I would go into my office, which was down the street, and I would put on some worship music. I like the worship music that the songs are like 10 minutes long because you can just, you just get into it, you know, and then you just kept hitting refresh and refresh and refresh, just playing it over and over and over again. And I would go up to my whiteboard. If you're a whiteboard person, feel me. It was like four by eight, huge whiteboard. I had every color under the sun. I'm just like painting it, you know, and I was going after it. And it was like Jesus himself was in that room grabbing my hand and writing on the whiteboard. And it, was, it would just blow my mind, the stuff that I was reading in his word. And I would look at the Greek and the original language and tie it into the context because I was a proper Bible student. And I was just going after it, just writing and writing. And it was incredible. And I'd get home and I'd get in bed and every time my wife would look at me, you good? Yeah, oh yeah, we're good. And I'd go and I'd give this sermon. And it frustrated me so much because I felt as though I was looked down upon by others. And it frustrated me to the point where I was no longer looking at what God was doing to, through me, but I was looking at what I thought he was doing to me. And it wasn't fair or whatever. And I was frustrated. I was feeling guilty. I was feeling down. And all of that took over. And I said, God, why can't I do that? I want to spend 20 hours with just your word to prepare a sermon. And it led to a point of frustration. And that frustration led to this, to this, to this, to this. Before you know it, you're so far away from him and what he's got for you. You know what I'm saying? Does that ring true for you and your situation, the decisions that you have to make and the things that you go through? Well, through this book and through this process that we've been working through, it's like I could finally look at the canvas of my life and see what the master painter was painting a picture of and what he was doing. And I saw this as not that I only have three hours. What I saw is that God gave me a gift and his strength and his might that I could do in three hours what it took other people 20 hours to do. Amen. And that's not me being braggadocious. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to to do with me understanding now that I could live in his strength and allow him to work and he was gifting me different than he was gifting something else or someone else something else. Because what they were doing in 20 hours, what else they were doing in their life, man, I couldn't do any of that stuff. And that's one reason I love Sean so much because what that man is gifted with, I cannot do. And thank God because I don't want to do it, but he's so good at it. You know what I mean? Here's the kicker. So I'm enlightened to this amazing moment and feeling grateful as all get out. And I was minding my own business yesterday morning. See, on Saturdays, we like to have a late, healthy breakfast. So at 9.30, I was making sausage, gravy, and biscuits. <laughs> Delicious. So good. And the phone rang. It was Pastor Sean. Hey, buddy, I'm sick. I don't think I'm going to make it tomorrow. Can you preach? Of course I can do that. He said, you probably got a pocket sermon, so I'm just pulled out and rock and roll, you're good to go. I said, yeah, great. And then it hit me. I was just being grateful for only having three hours to prepare a sermon. And I looked up at heaven, and I imagined God sitting there with the angels and his fatherly, heavenly laugh. 
laughing at me, going, got him! Looking at the angels, we got him! He said he was grateful. Hey, you're going to live in that gratefulness, boy? That's my boy. Enjoy the next three hours of your life, son. So I went about my day. And I looked at, I was like, man, I start texting people. This is why you got to be in a life group. If you're not in a life group, you've got to get in a life group. Because so I was texting people in my life group. I put it in my group. I need you all to pray for me because the Lord has a word. I need to know what it is. I've got a full day, so no need to pull out the pocket sermon. We're going fresh. And they started praying for me. How awesome. And I, so I did a little bit on the sermon. Then I went into our master bathroom, and I tore the shower out because it's leaking. Because what else would you do? And then we had to go run some errands, and then I came back and worked a little bit of my sermon. And I went back to the uh, master bathroom, and I tore the toilet out. And I just started ripping and tearing. If you know anything about me, I hate demolition. I'm a carpenter by trade, but I hate, I hate demo. So I just want to get it over with. Just ripping and tearing stuff up. And I work on a sermon, and we have dinner. And I work on a sermon, and it's just back and forth, back and forth. This is great. And I get into bed at 1030, I'm typing away. 11 o'clock. Okay, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I've got to sleep. I am not you. I need to sleep. He said, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Go ahead. Go to sleep. Thank you. So I put my earbud in, started listening to worship music. That was a mistake because the Lord said, hey, hey, by the way, by the way, check this out. Boom. And he just kept dropping stuff on me. And I'm like, yes, it's amazing. I don't know what time I went to sleep. But you could tell it must have been late because I've had extra coffee and I'm fired up for you today. <laughs> Amen. And I tell you that long-winded story to tell you this. When I picture God up in heaven, with that, it must be because he's hilarious. If you look at my life, he's absolutely hysterical. He's got to be just laughing. And I know that he is. I'm not trying to be silly. I know that he is because I read in his word that he finds such joy in us. Scripture says that a centurion came to Jesus with his sick son. And he said, Jesus, I need my son. He's sick. I need you to heal him. And Jesus said, no problem. Let's go after him. And let's do it. And the centurion said, no, we don't need to do that. I know who you are. Place my faith in you that your word alone will heal him. We're good. And Scripture says that Jesus marveled at him. He marveled at this man. To marvel means to be in wonder and in astonishment. Astonishment. Where'd that accent come from? Wonder and astonishment. He was filled with that. And I'm like, man, what can I do, Jesus, to make you be filled with wonder and astonishment? I want to do that. And he's like, you're already doing it. I love you. And I'm like, good Lord, if he does it for me, church, online, He'll do it for you. And I know that he'll do it because he's already doing it. And because his word says as much. Incredible. God, the creator and sustainer of life, marvels at you. And I would challenge you today to look at your life and look at your situations through the lens of how Jesus would just marvels at you. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you this story. Oh, we're going to get into it. It's going to be good. So I have been in ministry for a number of years, and one of my favorite things that God allowed us to do was Young Life. And I have had just the, the benefit of having the most incredible leaders at Young Life. And I, they had to be incredible because if they weren't, I would have screwed them all up. They were amazing. 
And there's one particular kid, his name was Caleb. And this kid came to Christ through Young Life. And just a crazy background in his life. And I, I'll tell you his story, but I'll let him do it because he's going to be a preacher one day. It's incredible. But what he was raised through and then the decisions that he made as a teenager are just wild. It's just out there, just so far away from Jesus. And Jesus just plucks him out of it. And it's through Young Life and through club and through camp and all that he comes. He surrenders his life to Jesus. And the kid has gifts and abilities that I texted him yesterday that if I had half of what God gave you, I can only imagine where my life would be. This is how much the kid just has the Holy Spirit just erupting inside him. It's incredible. And we were going to camp with our middle school kids. And we had this big group of like 60 kids or something. And they loved him. He looked like Justin Bieber when Justin Bieber was young and good looking. That's what he looked like. And the kids just loved him. And he was just full of energy. And the kid was incredible. I said, dude, I'm saving your spot. You're going to camp? He goes, yes. Caleb was a college student. Just recently graduated this weekend. So proud of him. But he's a nursing student. You know anything about nursing students? They don't have a life outside of nursing. They're busy. Well, so he's like, man, I don't know if I can make it. We're so busy with nursing. I said, don't worry, I got you, bud. I'm going to hold a spot for you open. I got you. Well, sometime close to camp, he gets offered an internship at a hospital. It was an incredible opportunity. And he's like, what do I do? I said, you take it, fool. That's a great opportunity. It's fine. God's working in your life, man. Keep running. Let God figure it all out. It's fine. I said, we got other leaders. Don't worry about it. Now, if you know me in ministry, I apparently am not afraid to blow cash on camp. And so I said, this camp spot's 500 bucks, and I'm going to hold that camp spot open. And the small chance that God opens a window and this kid can come, this spot will be there. And if not, I'll gladly pay 500 bucks just to give God an opportunity to work. Amen? I don't care about that. It cost me a lot. A lot. But man, if even one salvation, amen, was worth it. Anyway. A week before camp, he's like, man, my start date is the same week at camp. I was like, oh, dude, that's fine. Two days or so before camp, he calls me. He goes, Brian, you're never going to believe this. I said, whoa, what is it? The hospital lost my new hire paperwork. I can't get the job. I said, yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. Wink, you know, like, see, God's got a sense of humor. A hospital loses your paperwork. That's never happened before. Unheard of, right? Well, he goes on this camp trip. And I mean to tell you, when we got off the bus, he was running with these kids. It was unbelievable. And especially now that I'm getting older, for me to run five straight days with middle school kids. I just, but he's just going and just leading them to Jesus. It's just unbelievable. And the kid's on fire running around. And I'm like, back there, keep going. He pulls me aside inside one of the cabins. And he goes, man, i got to apologize to you. I said, for what? He's like, I feel like I've taken over your trip, man. I'm like, I've turned into the trip leader. I'm just doing everything. I'm not even asking you. I'm just doing everything. And I'm like, inside, I'm like, keep doing it because I'm exhausted, you know. But <laughs> on the outside, I put on my pastor face. I was like, dude, you are going to lead all of these kids straight to the foot of the cross. And you're going to show them the same joy that you have now. You're going to show them that joy is found in Jesus. And he's doing the work. Don't you ever apologize for that again. And he goes, I just don't understand why God is doing this. It's incredible. Why would he allow me to do this? I said, you don't understand who God is. 
if you're asking that question. So we're going to look into something today. I forgot to say this in the first service. I'll say it now. When he came to me and said that and was explaining and asking, God, you can't cry at this, asking why would God do this? I said, Caleb, he is showing you that he knows you. And there's no greater feeling. I don't care if you're a teenager, I've been around tons of teenagers, I've been around a ton of adults. And our number one desire is to be known. And when you're known by the creator of the universe, oh, there's no better feeling. I said, he's showing you that he knows you. Now let's get to know him. In church, the same is true for you. Watch, this is one of my favorite passages. And I know I say that every time I pull up a passage. <laughs> but I love this. Colossians chapter 1 is all about the preeminence of Christ. He's number one. He is superior over absolutely everything. Nothing is over him. Understand? Make sense? He is numero uno. He is the chief. He's it. The preeminent one. He is the image of the invisible God. He is what we see of the unseen, the firstborn of all creation. It's important to note that, that a lot of people will get this wrong and throw out false theology saying that God created Jesus for your redemption. And that is not true. What this verse is saying is that he is the firstborn of all creation, as in he has the rights of the firstborn. Make sense? That's what that means. For by him all things were created. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Do you realize that Jesus is the fabric to which all of life is stitched together through? He's not just a man who was fully man and fully God who died on the cross. He is it. He is the agent of creation. Ooh. You want to go a little deeper. That first verse in Genesis says, what does it say? In the beginning, God. In the Hebrew, that word is plural. He's in the first verse. Some people debate that. I don't. That's what it says. Amazing. Are you not blown away by that? Every single thing. And there's a reason for that. It says that in everything, he might be preeminent. Did I skip part? Yeah. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. I knew I missed that part. The firstborn from the dead. The resurrection. Yes. He defeated death. Come on. That in everything he might be preeminent. The first. Mm, this is the part. This is the part. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. All of the fullness of God indwelling Jesus. The full measure. The complete measure of God indwelling into Jesus. This is who we're talking about. This is who you have access to. Jesus. And he's saying to Caleb in that moment, and he's saying to you in this moment, that I, who you just heard of, know you. Everything about you, all of it, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the nasty stuff, the pretty stuff. I know it all, I love it all, and I want it all. He was pleased. 
to dwell in Jesus means with great joy he was pleased. Why I say to you that when he looked at me yesterday morning, he marveled at me in wonder and astonishment because he loves me so much. And he feels the same way about you. Come on. You must not have heard that. I mean, someone. I mean, and I'm telling this is not what I told Caleb because I didn't have a half hour. But that's what I wanted to say. Do you realize the redemption that is in Jesus and what that means? That just so you're just so excited that he knows you? How much more exciting, how much more euphoric would it be if you got to know him like that? Oh, it's amazing. What Jesus accomplishes. There was a girl in young life. And I can't remember, it's driving me nuts, but I can't remember when exactly this happened. I don't know if she went to camp. I don't know if it was after a club, it was after a campaign or a Bible study, I don't know. But she came to her mom and she was like, I can't be forgiven for what I've done. Oh, come on. You know, if you're a mom here, if you're a dad here, if you are not yet a mom or dad, you will still understand this. That if your child came to you and saying such a thing, what would you feel? Your heart would break for them and go out to them. No, that's not true. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. There's nothing that would ever stop you from being connected to Christ and connected to me. You know that's right. Amen. You can feel that as I'm saying those words if you picture your own children. And when I say that as an adult, that's how he feels about you. That same emotion, that same feeling plays out over you as an adult the same way it plays out over your kids. What do you mean there's something you've done that you can't be forgiven for? No. You need to literally get on the edge of your seat right now and just scoot up a second. Especially if that's you. We go into this verse and the reason I emphasize that he was pleased to dwell in Jesus. It says this in the next verse in verse 20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You mean to tell me that there's something that you have done that you cannot be forgiven for, and yet God, the creator, sustainer of life and all things, was pleased to dwell in Jesus just so that you can be reconciled. He finds joy and pleasure in you coming back to him. What were you saying about you can't be forgiven? It's his pleasure because you are his pleasure. He wants you back. He wants you. Watch this. Keep going. Give me the next slide. And you, you, me, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. All that means is you were just a stranger. You're living for this world. You're not living for him. You're just living for the world. You don't know what you're doing. You were alienated from him. You were a stranger to him. But now he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death 
in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. What that means, it's like the Old Testament when the priest would grab an animal and they would present it for sacrifice and they would slaughter it so the blood would cover the sins of those people. And they would find an animal that was perfect. It had to be without spot. It had to be without blemish. And that's what they would use as sacrifice. So God indwells Jesus to be the perfect, sinless, without blemish sacrifice so that you could be reconnected to him so that you would be holy. And that word holy means sacred. And sacred is just being connected to God. Presented as holy and blameless and without blemish, pure of spots, nothing in his presence connected to God. Jesus, that's who knows you. I don't know what your life is like. Men, if you're like me and you've been living your life like a wounded warrior trying to trudge through this war of life, you've got to give that up. The wounds that I carry in my life have already been healed by him and I surrender to him and to give it to him. I may not look like Barry, but buddy, I got muscles just as strong. But you're a warrior for Christ. I sit back and I look at the canvas of my life now and I see the picture that God has painted and I look at it without trying to just break it apart, without trying to find errors in it, without trying to say you're wrong about this or this is wrong or this is wrong. And I appreciate it for the beauty that a masterpiece has been created by the master of all things. And I see my life through that lens and those things that drove me crazy, the things that I had screwed up, it was even there for a purpose and he's using it. I'm free. Do you know what that feels like to be free? But I'm so excited about this next sermon series, Awaken. Yes, Awaken. Wake up to it. There's no reason to live into whatever it is you've been living in, if it's apart from Jesus especially. There's no reason for that. Look at the joy that he finds in you. Let him have his joy. And I promise you that the same joy just filters right back down through you. And you have that same joy. Amen? Oh, man. After that camp trip, I had an opportunity to take Caleb back home for, to Washington, D.C. That's where we're from. He'd never ridden on a plane before. I got a video of him. As the plane takes off, it will leave you in stitches. The boy was terrified. But I get him there, and he's just, his mind's blown. He's never been to D.C. I took it for granted growing up there. Realized a lot of people, it's their lifelong dream to go see the monuments and stuff. I just saw it every Saturday. It didn't mean anything to me. But to him, it was like a life-changing trip. And we're going through our weekend there. It's a long weekend. He turns to me at one point, and he says this. I'm so grateful to be here, Brian, but if I'm being honest with you, I have no idea why I'm here. Why did God bring me here? This doesn't make any sense. I said, yeah, I get it. Okay, well, what's happened this week? And he starts telling me everything that he's seen, everything that he's experienced, and a light bulb goes off in his head. Oh, that's why I'm here. And he gets it. And I'm telling you, that's no different from you in your daily life. Stop looking at everything else and start looking to him. Because what he's doing in your life, even through the hardships and the pains and the sufferings that you have, is going to be incredible. You just got to let him have it. We're so blessed to have that young man in our life. But you
you want to know who's even greater still, who walks in your midst every Sunday, is Trayvon and Kelsey. Because they put up with me for longer. And they are amazing. I've seen God work in their lives. I love you guys. Incredible. What's even more? You want to know what's even more incredible is everybody sitting in this front row, in the back row, in the next row, in the next. You all are incredible. I walk around this place terrified to talk to you because I can see God working. I'm like, I don't want to screw that up. You know what I mean? God loves you so much and he marvels at you. Man, let's pray. Oh, God, you are so good. I thank you for allowing me to experience the joy that other people find in you and just to be a part of their story. It's incredible to have been a part of Caleb's story, to have been a part of Trayvon and Kelsey's story and Haley's and all these other leaders that we've had. And you let me do it. And I didn't even appreciate it like I should. I didn't see it through you. I just praise you for forgiveness in that. And I praise you that you forgive me for not seeing the joy through my own wife and kids and through my own family and through the work that you've given me to do and through the housework, even though the whole house is falling apart. Let me just find the joy in that. But God, you are doing such an incredible work and thank you for opening my eyes to see it for what it really truly is. And there's someone here today or someone, somebody's online. If you're online, just, put, just type in there, oh, that's me. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and I, like I said, I don't know your background, I don't know your story. Maybe my story is an absolute joke compared to what you've got to deal with, and that may be true. But I'm telling you, Jesus will handle that too. We just read it. He's in charge of all of it. He's superior over all of it. He's superior over all of it for you. If you've been a believer in Jesus today, there's freedom for you right now in this moment. And maybe you don't even know what it is. You can't define what it is, but you just know that there's something going on that just doesn't feel right. There's frustrations, there's anger, there's heartache, there's whatever. Right now, God, I surrender to you. I don't know what it means to surrender to you, but I know that I surrender to you, and I pray that you would open my eyes to see how to move forward, and that I may see the painting on my canvas that you're taking care of. May freedom be found for you. You're here today, you're online. If you don't know Jesus... Today is your day. Listen, friend, I don't know how to, how to tell you this. All of us are going to die. Every single one of us. Life is risky. It's so risky that you don't get out of it alive. Amen? So for you, God's pleasure is found in you coming back to him. It's not about rules and regulations. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about just a pure joy of you coming back to him. And then you finding that joy and that purpose through him. It's about salvation so you can be reconnected with him. You spend an eternity in that blissful perfection that only he offers. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, this is for you. And you just follow along with me. God, I give you my life. I surrender it all to you now. I accept the grace of Jesus in my life. The sacrifice that he made on the cross, I surrender to you and I give you my life. Father, have it. Do with me what you will. I love you. And if that's you, and if you're online and you've prayed that, you need to type that in so we can celebrate with you. If you're here today and that's you, you need to tell somebody because I like celebrating. 
And we all just want to be excited with you and help you get started. we got some ways we can do that. We want to do that with you. So exciting. Why would you not tell somebody? Tell somebody. God, we just pray for the Petries. they got little kids. And little kids bringing these flus that can wipe out a nation. And I don't know how they survive it so well, but they do. But us adults, we can handle it like they can. So we just pray for Sean and Diane, Lord, that you would keep them healthy and safe. Because what you're doing through them, God, is just impressive to watch. And we all got to be a part of that. So we lay them in your hands. God, as we leave this place, may your grace and your mercy cover us in all that happens, all that you say and all that you do. God, we love you and praise your holy name, Lord. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. Hey, let's give it up for those people who trusted Jesus today. Man, I hope you enjoyed that word from God. And if that's you and you made that decision, I don't know. I just need that freedom in my life. I need Jesus here. And you made that decision. We would love to connect with you. Like Brian said, you can actually take out your phone and text RL next to 97,000. There's a place where you can enter your information. You can tell us your story. We would love to celebrate with you. We would love to connect with you in that decision to help you in some next steps on that journey. If you're here with us today and you made that decision, you can actually grab there's a table of red bags in the back that you can grab on your way out it's got a bible in it it's got a letter some information we want to help you on that journey with Jesus not just make a decision and go but man getting you connected to ways that you can grow in Jesus to take those next steps so I hope that you'll take advantage of that today and man for those of us who have been walking with Jesus what a word that God marvels over you, right? That's so good. And it's so good to think and see that that characteristic of the Father's heart wanting the best for us. And I hope you know that every single one of us has a next step, whether we've been following Jesus for four decades or four minutes, God has something for you. He's made you for this moment. He brought you here on purpose. And so I have a few ways I'd love to share with you that could be a next step for anyone here today. Maybe you're leaning in, and unfortunately, our life groups are on a little pause until summer, and you're like, man, I just need to get connected. I need to get in the Word. One way you can ignite that spiritual passion in you, get on version and do a Bible study with someone. You don't even have to meet up. You can do it online. You can do it from a distance. Find somebody you've been praying for and say, hey, let's get together. Let's do this online. It's such a cool way to connect with the Word of God and other people that you can do in this season to grow in that knownness of God and knowing that with other people. A second thing that you can do if you really are like, man, what is this spiritual passion? I've got something God's calling me to do, and I don't know what my next step is. Next week, we're having our crash course at our house on the 23rd from 2 to 4.30. We would love to connect you to what God has created you for. We go through these steps of looking at your relationships, looking at all of the things in your life, the gifts God has given you, the experiences you've had to find a way to say, how can we put that together to say, I've got something big that God is calling me to do. Maybe it's here at Real Life. Maybe it's in the community where you already serve, but God's got something for you. He's made you on purpose for a purpose, and he will marvel at you when you get to come alive into what that is. So we would love to connect with you. You can go to reallifechurchkc.com, and you can sign up for that. We'd love to see you next Sunday afternoon. And then the last way, next step for you, maybe to get connected with generosity here at Real Life. I mean, there is something cool to be said when you start to see God moving in people's lives. You see people raising their hands to know Jesus. You see a dozen teenagers coming to Christ, and you give here your generosity 
generosity gets to say, man, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of what God is doing, and not just here in these walls on Sundays, but in the community. God's given us a big heart and a vision to make a difference in Raymore and Belton, in Cass County, and some of that is coming through getting a physical location that we are working on that you're going to see a little bit more about. But as you see that come together, when you play a part in generosity, you get to claim that. Say, man, I made a difference in that. I got to be a part of what God is doing through this Real Life Hope Center, and so I hope that you'll consider that today. You are changing the spiritual landscape of our city when you get involved in what God is doing, and so I hope that that challenges you today. There are three ways you can get connected to that. You can go to reallifechurchkc.com and click give. You can text any amount to 84321. It's pretty slick and easy, or on the way out, there's actually a giving box with envelopes. You can drop cash or check in there anytime, and so I hope that you will be a part of what God is doing, and if you want to see what that is, check out this video. Hey, what's up, Real Life? Hey, well, welcome to the Real Life Hope Center. And as you can see, we are starting out on our design phase. And so we have our structural drawings right in front of us, just reviewing those. And uh, I'm excited to get this project underway. You can see kind of the cool stuff we're doing in the space. We got a multi-use space for youth, some classroom space for life groups, for mentorship, uh, space for training, board meetings, a little bit of office space. All this will have a second level for storage. Um, and this is kind of a, a rough draft. So this is our first draft of the architect. We're thinking about rearranging some things, but over the next few weeks, we'll get this lined out. And so we're excited to get this project underway. But I just want to remind you guys why we were doing this. Um, this is a huge step for our church to reach our city. We have a big vision to reach people far from God. And uh, we want to see revival move our cities and relationships and hope restored. You guys play a part of that through our church. And so we're hoping to have youth mentorship here. Uh, we want to see people grow and develop. Uh, counseling, we have partnered with a counselor and allowed them to use our space. Our church has given out four free counseling sessions for free to anybody who wants it. And so far uh, this year, uh, since COVID, I mean, we've, we've had over 30 people actually use this in uh, different sessions and so on and so forth. And uh, God just really blessed it to help restore our families. Our church is growing. Over the last month, uh, we are 33% larger in the last, it would be six weeks. So it's absolutely crazy what God's doing. So you guys have been coming since Easter. You guys have been Mother's Day. Uh, you guys are playing part of the vision here. You may not know about it, but this is a space for us to reach our community, help us grow and develop as a church to get us to the next phase, which would be to obviously build out a building for ourselves. And this will remain uh, as a place of hope for our city to see families change, people come off the streets, people being developed in coaching and mentorships. And so you guys play a part of this. We wanna make disciples reach our city. Our vision for the city is way bigger uh, than our than our hands can even hold. And so we have a huge passion and, and a really a burden for our city. And you guys play a part of that when you guys give here at Real Life. So, man, I'm excited to keep you guys updated. Uh, next time you'll see me, I'll probably have a f final uh, structural drawing and excited to see what God is gonna do. Man, isn't that cool? You guys excited? Man, I can't wait to see it. Here's the thing. It, this isn't the end, this is a means to an end. This is a tool that God's gonna use. And it's gonna change the stories of, of so many people's lives and that's what we're so excited for. And it's like I was telling the first, uh, the first crew this morning, personally, man, I love to hear stories and watch movies and TV shows about the, what we call the greatest generation. You guys know what I'm talking about? Man, they were the men and women that made a difference in our country. They won World War II and they rebuilt our country and they really they rebuilt the world. 
And they did that by the, the sacrifices and decisions that they made. And again, man, so thankful. They changed every generation after that. But I don't want to be known as the greatest generation. I want to be known and I want us to be known as the Jesus generation. And man, the decisions, the sacrifices, the opportunities that we take that God gives us will change the generations that come after us. And this is just one small part. So I want you guys to start praying about, you know, giving time, money, resources, because we're going to need everybody all hands on deck. And I know we can do it together. And again, when we're done, you will see the stories change that you won't see on that blueprint. That's the story of what we're going to build. But that's not the story of the lives that we're going to change. And you guys get to play a part of that. So I can't wait to see how God uses you guys in this. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we will have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Don't miss next week, next week at 9, 30, 11. Pastor Sean's going to launch a series of Waking. Can't wait to see what God's going to do with that. And as you guys leave, always remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. We'll see you next week.